Podcast Podcast. My name is Joseph Chimemeza Akujubi, and um, today we will be discussing a very interesting topic. And um, I have our guests here already seated with me, and um, I'll allow them introduce themselves, starting from my right. Hi, thank you for having me here. My name is Enela Akiwandi. I'm a fashion designer and creative director. One day, we design female clothing. Every design is made from scratch, from sketch to reality. So we focus on unique pieces that basically do not exist and just make women feel confident in their outfits. Oh, that's good. That's good. Um, on my left, I'm Oluwayemisi Ajari. I'm an educationist by profession. I work with anime and I've published um, books on contemporary issues on education in both in and out of Nigeria. And I have about 10 years working experience as an education officer. Thank you very much. Ah, oh, you're welcome. Both of you are welcome. Um, and you're you're welcome. And Mrs. Ulua Yemisi, you're also welcome to Step Up Nigeria's um, podcast. Uh, Step Up Nigeria's podcast is an initiative built to create awareness of governance issues that highlight the cost of corruption and its impact on service delivery. It is also in that promoting values that will help build a society with people of integrity and provide solutions to service delivery challenges faced by everyday Nigerians. So today we'll be discussing the role of education in promoting peace and prosperity in our nation. And um, I'll start with you, um, Eniola. Uh, in your line of work, mm-hmm. um, how would you define prosperity in your line of work? With what you do, basically, how do you define prosperity? Um, so as a fashion designer, I wouldn't limit... So basically, I think education is a beacon of hope that empowers individuals with knowledge and instills critical thinking, which promotes um, empathy and understanding that, that all of this, when all of this combined together, leads to peaceful coexistence. Of course, I cannot um, leave out the invaluable experience that formal education brings in to those who are privileged to having mm-hmm. that access. But the reality is millions of Nigerians do not have access to formal education. Mm-hmm. So I think um, the informal sector, that's, this is where the informal sector comes in, which is what I do. Mm-hmm. Having um, being a fashion designer and having people who are not formally educated work with me gives them a sense of belonging, knowing that that they are contributing to the society and they have something to protect, mm-hmm. not just their job or where they are where they are contributing to, basically. Yeah. And having that sense of belonging makes you want to protect something or makes you want to keep something. Johnston, yeah. and that promotes peace in, to some extent. Okay, let me continue with you. Um, is there a connection between peace and prosperity? Peace and prosperity? Yes. Definitely, when there is peace, of course, there is prosperity. Things begin to develop. The lives of people definitely would prosper. So you agree that connection between peace and prosperity? Definitely. If there is no peace, then there won't be prosperity. Uh, Mrs. Yemisi, uh, I want to also get your take on that. Is there is there is there a connection between peace and prosperity? Exactly, there is. 
a very great um, connection between both of them because you know when you look at the concept of things itself, it, um, at some point in our lives, you know, you get to a level whereby you feel fulfilled and actualized, and that level you begin to prosper in whatsoever thing you are doing. And when you look at the concept of education itself, in itself, you realize that. You know, through acquiring these basic skills mm. at the formal system, school system, you know, a structured kind of um, programs that is being um, organized or being given to participants mm. in order for them to um, get some form of knowledge. Mm. Then you realize that they become um, they become settled. Mm. They have peace within themselves and they begin to you know flourish in whatsoever thing. They, they are doing so. So you, you are going to that extent there is connection between peace and prosperity. Yes. Okay. Is. So the reason why I wanted to establish that connection is because you know in our society today, different types of education actually do exist every day in our mm -hmm. um, system, the informal and the formal type of education. And I know there's a non-formal um, type of education, but that will be the, the core of our discussion today. But like Eniola mentioned, she represents the informal um, form of education. So just throw more light on the informal. What, what, what does informal education look like? Is it skill acquisition, learning retreat? Like basically give us an idea of what um, informal education is. So um, for the informal sector, it's basically is a, a more flexible form of education where we do not have an institutionalized system where things are done in a certain way with mm. curriculum for a duration of time. But for the informal sector, it is basically learning a skill or a craft that makes you valuable in the marketplace, but then it also gives you the opportunity to learn how to negotiate, to be a problem solver, to improve your communication skill, and also this enables people that have acquired the skill to um, learn how to solve problems without resulting to conflict. So informal sector, of course, when you acquire the skill, you're not just learning, you're not just having knowledge, you're also living with value, yeah. value that ends up being impactful to the society, to yourself and the economy. Value that also includes money too, because you're also making money in the process right. of carrying out your, right. your life trade or skill, right? Correct. Okay. Uh, for formal education, um, which uh, Mrs. Oluwaya um, represents here, uh, give us a breakdown of what formal education is um, and you know, how it's structured. Thank you very much. For the formal school system, formal education school system, here we have, you know, it's a form of education that is being structured, like she has said, that um, in the informal is not, flex is, um, not flexible. Not flexible, flexible really. Mm -hmm. in, the, not, in the formal school system, it is structured and it is being carried out in the four walls of the classrooms. So all what's will be done in the classrooms are actually, you know, curriculum based and instructional based. Um, kind of education or kind of learning. And right there in the formal school system, there's always a teacher, somebody teaching, and the, all the, the students, they learn. And turning the learning back to the society, what mm. they've gained over time. So that's the formal school system. So we have the formal school system. Since, since it's a structured thing, you know, 
at the um, primary level, secondary level, up to the tertiary institution. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that is why at the end of the day, probably if you're able to go through the formal school system, a learner or the students is awarded, you know, both in character and in learning. Okay. So you see that both discipline comes in to the formal school system and you know, so it's structured, it makes it a structured so kind building, of thing. So building the curriculum or the, yeah, the curriculum for um, 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 formal um, school system, character development is also core in your process of exactly. building this, a curriculum? Yes, yes, and that's why you see, you know, in the, let me take for example the primary school, mm-hmm. where we have, you know, some courses that have been handed up to their curriculums, like the um, values, civic education, you have courses like um, health education, all these are to instill in the students or the pupil a very, you know, a peaceful and a prosperous, you know, (laughs) society. I think to a large extent, this may be lacking in the informal sector where character development or like she said, building core values. Because in the formal system, that's one of the things that um, you would say is evident in their curriculums. So you go to school, you're to live or you're to abide by certain rules and regulations. Is there a way character is being formed or developed in the informal education, especially in your line of work? So basically, like I said, the informal sector is not structured. So it depends on the area one is taking such a lesson from. But I think that in a standard way of doing things, if you look, for instance, the Igbo men apprenticeship, they are being taught how to do certain things, how to run the trade, how to communicate with their customers and how to relate, basically. Mm-hmm. And it, not only do they focus on the craft itself, but also bringing those apprentices you know, in terms of character. So it might not exactly be the formal way, but then character is also being built, yes. And in a country like ours, where we focus so much on religion, Mm. where, you know, you have apprentices and you're training them, not just in the skill, but also... your faith. your faith, exactly. So faith is also being brought into it to an extent. So I do think there is lack of character in term when you're talking about informal education. Okay. Um, one more thing I would also really want us to um, talk about is which type of um, education has had the most impact on our nation. So take, for example, like um, the conversation we are having before the podcast started and we're going back and forth. And um, I think a few days ago, I sampled the opinions in the office you know, as we get ready to celebrate International Day of Education, I was sampling opinions and I was asking different people in our office and I was saying, um, which type of education has had the most impact, formal education or informal education? So we had splits and um, opinions, we had different um, opinions, people giving their own mm-hmm. individual perspective to the issue. Um, some said, oh, informal education has made more millionaires and made more people rich than uh, formal education. Others said, and formal education had, you know, it has done more in character development than making millionaires. But then you can also argue that we have had more millionaires come out from the formal um, sector or type of education than in the informal sector. So I'm going to allow 
and you guys go around it and you know also get your perspective. So this is yeah, I'll start with you. So I know you're you're already for formal education. So let's let's hear why. Let, let me hear basically your perspective as to which has had the most impact on our uh, uh, society. Thank you very much, Joseph. Mm -hmm. Like um, the argument here for the formal education. You know, over time, you realize that the formal school system or the formal education, you know, has done a very great job to capture um, everyone, regardless of their background, together in the school system, yeah. and instill the necessary, you know, uh, beliefs, the values, and the norms. Like when we were talking earlier, I really wanted to take you into how it was done in the, you know. Before we have this um, formal school system, wherever yes, wherever you see um, in a particular family or community, you know they keep teaching their children the values and the norms of, of the society, mm -hmm. so that when they grow up, you know they won't depart from it. Mm -hmm. And coming to the formal school system, you know government has been able to do so much in integrating some of these um, norms and values and cultures into the educational system and sticking to it like um, if you are there, you know, you understand very well that there's punishment. You can't just walk in into the formal school system and get out without, you know, getting yourself fixed. Mm -hmm. Do you get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So in the formal school system, you realize that the, the, the structure that has been laid there mm -hmm. for them, mm -hmm. you know, has put this students have put them in the right shape understanding the skills understanding you know what it takes for them to build a healthy society healthy society and at the end of the day they'll be satisfied you know for the formal school system you'll be satisfied and have the assurance of getting a well-paid job and even if you don't have a well-paid job due to the fact of the social setting mm -hmm. that you have met in connections, you know, network, mm -hmm. network and partnership, mm -hmm. you realize that you're able to employ others. Yeah. So you get that. So employability too is one of the advantage why mm -hmm. I feel the former school system, you know, have a upper hand. Man, okay, quick one. Let me allow Eniola respond. Okay, she so like she <laughs> she mentioned um, the having a certificate, the privilege that comes with a certificate. And like I said earlier, having a formal education is invaluable. But if we are talking about employability, we can agree that the medium to small enterprises are the majority of the employers right now in Nigeria. If you notice, majority of a huge number of Nigerian graduates are actually leaving the formal career path including myself and going into informal sector because I'm creating jobs which is which is impacting our society in the long run and also educating people informally. So when you say and and I think that when we have multiple businesses like mine in the informal sector that is able to create jobs and source of livelihood for people. That is the real impact. And we're also bringing in value. Mm -hmm. So in our society now, nobody's, we are getting to a point where nobody's looking at your certificates. Anything. There's something that's called certificate. Okay. People want to know what can you do? Mm -hmm. What value can you bring into my company? Mm -hmm. Not just what are you holding? A huge number of mm -hmm. graduates leaving the university now. Yes, they are very well learned, they are knowledgeable, but are they valuable to the marketplace? Mm -hmm. 
For instance, in my business, I don't care if you have a master's degree. Mm -hmm. Provided you have the value, you have the skill that is needed for in my business, then that is what most people are looking okay. for, yeah. not just the certificates. So you're saying that is that um, skill set is what engenders prosperity in your line of work. So it's not really having the certificate because the certificate won't guarantee you prosperity, won't guarantee. The certificate doesn't guarantee prosperity. Mm -hmm. Yes, there is. Yes, there is the, the respect that comes with having a certificate, but then in the long run, if one is able to build their informal skill, mm -hmm. then you end up employing people that are from the informal sector. Do you understand? Yeah. So if, if I go through, that, through an informal education and mm -hmm. majority of my employees are having the certificates. Yeah. I mean, I'm the one providing the job for yeah, them, yeah, so I'm the one making more yeah, impact. Yeah. So it's not just about the certificate, but then the impact that this education is giving in the long run. If at the end of the day, so many graduates from Nigeria universities are becoming fashion designers, are becoming mm -hmm. artists, wood artists, and different kinds of artists, then that tells us that the, the certificate on its own is it's no longer um, it doesn't have the cap. It doesn't have the weight have exactly as it used to have back in the day. Back in the day. Like Eliola uh, said, I'm really going to not agree with that issue uh, of the certificate thing. That you know, you realize that a large number of people that already have this um, informal education kind of thing, you know, you realize that they still this vacuum, they feel this kind of vacuum in there. And that is why they employ the former, you know, school graduates. They employ them because they just need somebody to help them fix something. So if you have the opportunity to go into the former school system, I advise that you should go for the former Education. So, so the fact that you are recruiting a graduate, that someone that has a certificate, really shows that you've not gotten all what it takes, you know, to handle your business. If I can come in there, of course, for every organization, you're going to employ people, yes. irrespective of education. Mm. So whether you are in the formal or the informal sector, you are still going to employ people. For instance, in my business, the most valuable hands or mm -hmm. skill needed is those from the informal sector. Those are the, those are the people that are really contributing to, to my... Sets. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Those ones with the skill sets. And mm -hmm. same thing applies to the people producing this, people producing what you're wearing, the wig that you have on. So if you're saying, okay, we're employing, if I still need the educated, formally educated people. Mm -hmm. I do think that applies to every sector. Yes, of course, education is needed. We still need lawyers to draft, you know, contracts and all of that. But... <laughs> I, I, understand, I understand where she's coming from now. You know, you are set, you're saying there are certain businesses, there are certain sectors of the economy that would need uh, formal graduate people who have had formal right. education you know coming to augment the lapses in the informal mm -hmm. sector so let's 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 move uh, further in this conversation now we've, we've talked about the prosperity but i'm you know we'll circle back to that but we've talked about that a bit i want to also talk about the peace aspect of education now uh, with in, in sampling opinions also one of the things we also came to uh, realize is how a lot of people feel artisans, people who do menial jobs, who basically don't have any form of formal education or some form of formal education, 
are very itchy and aggressive. You know, they are very, they are quick to react to certain things. Unlike those who would say, okay, have had some form of formal education or are formally educated, you know, graduates and all, uh, they are more restrained in their in their approach. They are more restrained in their actions. So uh, the, I'll, I'll start with this is here, this is here. Well, to a large extent, that those are some of the opinions we have sampled. Do you agree with that? Yes, I'll agree to that because in the formal school system, you realize that as they go from each stages of the formal education system, you know they are being taught and there are rules guiding each you know, stages of education. Yeah. Do you understand? Yeah. So when they move from one stage to the other and they realize that, come, I'm, I'm binded by this particular, you know, rules no, and laws and stuff like that. It helps them, it cautions them, mm. you know, even when they, are, when they engage in, in conversation out of the classrooms and they're being conscious because mm. that thing is, and is there for them. And let me give you a very good example of um, um, a cop member. We read so much that when you go out there and serve in, in another in another state, mm. and maybe something happened, <laughs> and or probably you in a way, you know, you see the way they are being careful of what they carry, what they got, because any any little <laughs> yes, they can they can actually retrieve their certificate from them. So all what they've learned over time. You know, become a waste of time for them. So it's actually embedded in the concept of peace. Education is actually embedded in the concept of peace. Mm-hmm. And you realize that when you're educated in the formal school setting, mm-hmm. it gives you this this balance mm-hmm. as a person in the society, the mm-hmm. way you relate with people, the way you talk to your colleagues, the way you carry out your teamwork. Mm-hmm. Back then, back then in school in those days, you realize that when you're given a group tax, mm-hmm. you just have to make it happen. Mm-hmm. And if you don't make it happen, you realize that you guys, the same scores goes to all of you yeah. and it's may, you may not end up getting what you all want. So group work will actually help, you know, students pupil in order to ensure that uh, cooperation yeah. among each other. Yes. And at that level, and these are the basis that prepares one for peace in the society mm-hmm. and prosperity. Mm-hmm. So they having it at the back of their mind that the education they get is not just to go out there and be a tout or a bully mm-hmm. or stuff like that. You know, it gives them, it prepares them ahead. Yeah. So it's time. not just head knowledge or you're just coming to study. No, you're also being checked and teamwork. You know, yes. Helping your character and helping you as an individual to relate with other people. Yes. Okay, great. Uh, and Yola, I know you want to react to that, so I'll allow you. So um, I do agree that the formal education puts you in a prim and proper manner, Mm -hmm. but then we shouldn't mix the those that are in the informal sector with Mm -hmm. those that are hoodlums. Somebody who has something to protect would not just react anyhow Mm -hmm. or cause violence, knowing fully well that if I'm being violent, then something I've been building for a long period of time, Mm -hmm. there's a tendency for it to get destroyed, then that is almost not going to be there. Mm -hmm. At the same time, for the formal education, you have a strong and we have also have bodies put in place that ensure that the students that pass through this education are following the rules and regulation. Unfortunately, for which has been possible because of the government, but unfortunately for the informal sector, we don't have bodies put in place that, okay, when you know that you misbehave, then, then your certificate to practice is being taken away from you. I think it's because we have bodies put in place. There are rules 
and regulation, regulation puts in place. That's why, you know, you make, you see people, like you said, acting prim and proper. Of course, education makes you enlightened. Doesn't mean that because I'm informally trained, then I'm prone to violence or aggression. Okay, so let's bring it home now. Let's use more examples. So take, for example, a set of clothes to a client and I have failed, right? And uh, we see this every day happen, you know, in our own everyday lives. Now, engage this tailor, oh, why have you not delivered this? Why have you not done that? You know, the reaction and you get is usually very different with the one you get if you're um, having that conversation with somebody who is formally trained. So, name, um, this is a roadside uh, fertilizer or transporter, yeah, yeah. transporter, for example. Mm-hmm. Barely had any form of education, uh, lived all his life, you know, doing different trade, jumping from one trade to the other now has ended up as a bus conductor and he doesn't have my change or I entered his bus without change. And we experience this every day if you live in the city of Nigeria where you know you're exchanging words with conductors. Mm-hmm. Now sometimes you feel if this person had a, had some form of education, formal education, mm-hmm. that his reaction may have been different. Maybe he may have spoken to you differently or used a different approach or words, choice of words. Now and, and this is an example I'm giving. It's not a general um, opinion, but then a lot of samples of opinions we've got seen. A lot of people say these people react this way because they don't have any form formal education. Now, if in their informal setting there is a way to teach them customer relations or teach them how to react or act in certain group contexts, it will go a long way in helping them build character, build values that are generally accepted in society. So I want you to react to that. So when it comes to this aggression or mm. or reacting in a violent manner, I don't think it's because of the level of education, but more of personal traits. Not every conductor, or maybe let me not say conductor, not every tailor would, you know, be aggressive to their clients. Right. There are some educated fashion designers that you see on social media where people mm. are calling mm. them out. And their response is very, very sad, very disappointing. Mm. So it doesn't have anything to do with, I don't think that has much to do with your level of education, education. but the value that you hold in your craft and personality. There are so many people that are on the road. You see men in their suits on the road. They have an accident that they are fighting on the road. Why don't we say it's because they are educated that they are fighting? Why do we have to focus on why do we have to attach violence to informal education? So I don't think it's based on education. I think it is human nature and personal traits. So it depends on how you carry yourself. There are many food sellers that carry themselves. You see, you see on social media where you see people selling pure water with clean English. Mm. They haven't gone to school, but then they are speaking with clean English. They are attending to their customers in a prim and proper way. Yeah. Are we going to say that is education? But it's the way they've comported themselves mm. that makes them act that way. Okay, because this this is also key, and I'm going to come to you, Mrs. Yeah. MC, very soon. <laughs> but this is also very key, this conversation. Because as Nigerians growing up, um, as a child growing up, we usually attach those who have not had any form of formal education as immigrants. So when you see this person and they're like, ah, this man is his old, if I were already playing in bros, everybody's calling him bros, you believe he should be done with school or, you know, something like that. But then he hasn't had any form of formal education and then they pack such an invade, he's kind out and he's earning his daily living from that. 
would you agree with that term? Would you agree with that general philosophy that, oh, because he or she did not attend school, doesn't have any form of formal education, such a person is an illiterate? I think it depends on how you look at the term illiterate or, mm. or literate. The term literate itself is basically somebody who's educated or well knowledgeable. So, so it's the use of the term. Mm. That term illiterate shouldn't be seen as an insult. It just means that you lack some sort of education. Okay. Yeah, but then we see in society where people use the word illiterate to you know, bring people down or insult people. So I don't think that it depends on how you look at the term. Okay, so um, this is the yeah, I'm going to come to you now. Now, for those people, I'm not asking the same question, basically. For those people who have not had some form of formal education, and, you know, generally, like I said earlier, growing up, you know, they say, well, this man is a religious man, you know, don't engage more. Do you think that term, that narrative is appropriate? Because they may not have some form of formal education, or they may have little or no form of uh, formal education, but they have learned the truth, they've learned the skill, which they are, you know, carrying out today, they are contributing to society. So, would you have been done that? Okay, I'll come from this point of view of explaining, you know, and in a way, I agree with her. Okay. You know, when she's explaining um, the informal way, that's. Um, the fact that they've gone to a particular school or probably they dropped out and they've not been able to, you know, um, get all what it takes that the former school system has doesn't mean they did not still have what it takes, you know, the character, you know, to portray them as a good citizen, mm -hmm. Nigerian citizen. Mm -hmm. Now, there is still always vacuum. You realize that there are still, you know, vacuum left in them that they still want to meet up with. Mm -hmm. For example, when you look at the curriculum, this the, the Nigerian educational curriculum, the former school system, you realize that how these have been embedded in the school curriculum, starting from cultures, values, mm -hmm. and you know, having respect for each other religion. Yeah. So definitely you can like find plenty of people in your classrooms and they have different backgrounds, you know, religion, this one is a Muslim, a Christian yeah. and so on. Mm -hmm. And you realize that over time you Tend not to get aggressive over somebody else's religion, you overlook it. Mm -hmm. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? Mm -hmm. So that vacuum is always there when when an individual mm -hmm. doesn't get this formal education. Mm -hmm. Because it's like a package. Mm -hmm. So once a package is left out of it, mm -hmm. the person may not be able to function, you know, to satisfaction. So, not so to are you saying are you well. saying basically the term illiterate yeah. would only mean okay, this person is not formally educated or illiterate in this in terms of their behavior, their physical disposition to uh, issues okay. in the society? Literacy itself is ability to read, write, and solve problems okay. anyways. And, you know, looking at those people in this um, category, you realize that the fact that they are able to turn their, what they've gained over time, mm -hmm. you know? For the former school system, I'll talk about the quality of education that is being given part-time. Mm -hmm. If the quality of education being given part-time, you know, yeah. is not is not good enough, yeah. it's not durable enough, definitely the person will fall back being an illiterate. Mm -hmm. So you may even be a graduate of certificate, <laughs> just like she has said, and, mm -hmm. and yes, you know, you are still not, you are still an illiterate, mm -hmm. but when there is quality education, mm -hmm. you know, at that level, then you shouldn't be lacking anything. 
Wow. Yes. That's, that's another way to look at it because generally we would say, oh, illiterate are people who just behave anyhow or are mm-hmm. very abusive or hot tempered basically. But with this perspective, would you agree that uh, if, you, if you're using that term illiterate, it's just to mean there is no form of formal education. This person doesn't have formal education. The same way you'd say, oh, this, this is white or this is black. And if this is white, it is because there's an absence of black in it. Do you understand? Mm-hmm. So if we're saying, oh, um, you're an illiterate, in the context we're discussing now, would it basically mean that um, you just don't have formal education? Because I could say I'm an illiterate when it comes to carpentry. Right. I don't have the skill set or I don't understand how it works, the geometries and all of that. So I, someone says, oh, yeah, when it comes to carpentry or when it comes to furniture work, mm-hmm. just as an illiterate. Mm-hmm. Would, that, would that suffice? Like I said, it's the way people attach the term yeah. illiterate or mm-hmm. illiterate. Mm-hmm. I think most people use that term, like I said, as an insult or to attach it to misbehavior. Mm-hmm. But you won't see a successful Igbo man or house or whatever tribe mm-hmm. that is very successful but did not go to school. You won't call him an illiterate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So sometimes we attach poverty to, to illiteracy. <laughs> so I think it's just the term. I don't think education has to do with, has much to do with violence. It's mostly knowledge and understanding or empathy that, mm-hmm. that makes one difference. Knowing when to differentiate, when to be violent mm-hmm. or when to be cordial. Cordial. Okay, go ahead. to knowledge there. You see, in the 21st century, you know, you realize that as the world is evolving, you know, the need for building not only hard-working, you know, economy is actually on the front burner. Like, we are not only building hard-working clients or economy like a literate society, mm-hmm. but smarter ones, those that are able to process their thoughts. Now mm-hmm. I'm done with the university, I'm done with this. What can I actually bring out of this? Mm-hmm. Like, turning them into a new lead, mm-hmm. into a new direction. I've learned English, mathematics, civic education, this and that. How have you been able to you know, translate that to the economy and make the economy, you know, make it a healthy economy? And then definitely, if you're able to contribute back to the society, because that's the essence of education in the first place, so that you don't just um, add up to the numbers, but make impact. Yes, positive impact. So those are, those, those, that's the contribution I actually wanted to add there, that we've moved from the old way of doing things in the former school system of being that it's not only working hard, but working as a smart Individual. Yes, mm. individual. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to go to you, Mrs. Yeah, Mrs. And I'm going to ask this question. You know, what core challenges have you been facing? You know, in the formal setting, what core challenges do you face in carrying out your, your duties and basically helping educate the next generation of, of individuals? Okay. Generally, I want to believe that you know, there's always one basic um, challenges that we all face in our day-to-day activities and that is not far from finance, mm-hmm. you know, funding. And I honestly, 
if um, the budgetary allocation for education can as well can actually be improved upon, you realize that there will be so much to achieve. Mm -hmm. Do you understand? I'm talking generally before coming back to my own aspect contribution to that. And you realize again that most of the classrooms, most of the schools that are built in order for people to get all these skills to transmit information, you realize that some of them are dilapidated. Mm -hmm. You know, they are not some are moribund, you know, they are just there in the environment or probably those arts to rich areas where they are, you know, they are not well managed. Yeah. So you know, those ones to contribute to effective delivery of um, education in the formal school system. Then also, um, all right, let me come back to uh, my contribution mm -hmm. here personally. Yeah. You know, you realize that it's not so easy sometimes dealing with um, a large number of people and that comes from different backgrounds, mm. you know, that have different beliefs. It's sometimes not very easy when you when you when you address them, knowing fully well that the time you have allotted in the classroom to carry out your teaching them civic education, you're teaching them um, this, you're teaching them that and that, you know, health education and so and the time is really very small to capture the class. Mm. Every teacher is being trained and certified. Yeah, we all know. But the truth remains that the time allotted for each of these classes is it good enough, you know, in order to instill to impact that knowledge. To them and get to the root of you know of some of these um, issues that can actually trigger problems in the society that can trigger wars. Is the time allotted? Is it really very very good enough? Which it has not been very very good enough. To okay. Okay. Can I come in? Uh, yeah, yeah. You you made mention of one of the challenges with time. Yes. So would you say that? more time should be allocated to formal education. So that means, for instance, in the university, means we're having probably three hours to one. An extra year or extra hour to each course. Okay, like for me, the way I, I personally, let me talk from a personal view of things because we cannot actually undo what policy, you know, we have a lot of researchers, a lot of stakeholders have sat on this all the time to see that this is what we can do within this period of time. But personally, I'll just talk from our personal aspect. Like, sometimes we may need to focus. We may need to focus on a particular, you know, thing to achieve mm -hmm. part-time. Mm -hmm. Like, if this is what we, we want to achieve at a particular given time, let's put more focus on it. All subjects are actually very good and they are men, very okay, because all of them contributors, like I've said, they all contribute to nation building. Mm -hmm. But at, at the same time, we have situations in Nigeria, things that are happening right now, insecurity, crimes and stuff like that. If we can devote enough time, do you understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It helps us bring culture back into the formal school system mm -hmm. whether everybody become lawyer and like, oh no, they keep bringing this in our head every day. <laughs> like while I was preparing for this, you know, something just popped up in my mind and that's the national anthem. We have a lot of symbols, we have a lot of, you know, a lot of things to represent the country itself. That yeah. even if you don't go to school, if you're a lawyer, if you're just, if you master those acts, you become a healthy citizen. Yeah. You don't have any problem with wars, crimes, and the rest. It will keep you law abiding. Yes, it keeps you, it makes you a law abiding person, personal. So yeah. even if it is by rote learning, like you just keep singing it every day and you're loyal to it, then you become an healthy person. Yeah. So there should be more emphasis on the 
major thing, the global, you know, training things that is happening. Then we center. Um, so in your saying, in building a well-rounded in the journey formal system, it should go beyond just learning the letters. Yes. You know, it will better help them. It will better instill in them characters. Characters, yes. Yeah. So, Niola, I want you to also share with us challenges you face because in traveling opinions, like I said earlier, some of the things people said is. You know, the informal sector or the informal type of education in Nigeria has um, suffered low funding. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, it's like skill acquisition programs are not uh, being encouraged and not mm-hmm. being sponsored by government. So for most people, they feel NGOs and, you know, just well-meaning Nigerians are doing more in terms of skill acquisition, in terms of learning businesses or learning a trade than government should do in helping the sector. What do you have to say about this? I was even going to mention that I think one of the major reasons we're able to debate formal against informal is because the government, inclusive of NGOs, there isn't enough initiatives put in place that focuses mainly on informal education and trying to structure systems for the informal Mm -hmm. education. So, for instance, imagine having... Um, an institution, for example, the way you have Unilag, imagine having a school in Lagos that is solely for informal education, and you have depart- different departments in hairdressing, fashion designing. So and basically, the institution will just be for skill acquisition. Exactly, for skill acquisition, mm-hmm. but not just focusing on the skill itself. Okay. There will be some some form of non-formal education puts in so that at the end of it at the end of their session and this will also be um, flexible so that because most of these people also have to struggle for their day-to-day living yeah. yeah so it's i think if if the governments and ngos can focus on initiatives that that foster informal education in a structured way mm-hmm. that we know that okay after probably two years of education in this informal school, you are living with some sort of certificates mm-hmm. or some sort of credential, mm-hmm. not only credential, but skill that makes you valuable in the market space. And also if we have bodies put in places that support each and every skill, for example, the way you have ASU that focuses on, that is for the formal education, and the way you have NYSE for only those in the formal education. Imagine having NYC for informal education where after your probably two years of training in fashion designing, you are sent out of your state to different fashion houses around Nigeria. That exposes you to different styles, different cultures. cultures. It, It expands your knowledge, understanding of what's going on. It also fosters peace because you get to live within people of other tribes, of other religion, and you understand you understand and have empathy towards their way of life. So if, we, if there are initiatives put in place like this, that you know that, okay, after my period, I'm having this NYC for the informal education. This doesn't just expose the graduates. Yeah. It doesn't just expose them to new way of thinking of how... Business is really businesses are really being run, but also exposes them to new ways of life. And at the same time, it it impacts these businesses that they are going to be going into because we are employing hands that are already 
skilled. I'm yeah. not. I'm not teaching somebody that is. I'm not just because most NY most coppers that when they're coming into an organization, most of them don't know what they're doing. A lot of them, you see so many graduates can't even make use of the computer. But if, for instance, my business, there's something like NYSC, and I have a business, Mm -hmm. and I'm having people recruited every year, and I know that these people are coming in with skill. Mm -hmm. At the end of the year, some of them might be retained, Mm -hmm. and some of them might be, you know, put back into the economy, valuable, Mm -hmm. not just going to look for another kind of just... If there are structures put in place, Mm -hmm. funds invested into the sector, then I think that the whole informal education won't be looked so down. So, yeah, we won't look at it so low because you know that, okay, this person is also graduating and coming out and also... um, Coming out with certain skills. Coming out with certain skills, exactly. Exactly. The market society. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, so Mrs. Yanis, as we um, attempt to round up, I, I just wanted to give us, you know, final words. Uh, basically, I'm advocating of, you know, your line of work. What would you encourage government to do? What would you encourage civil society groups to do? Where would you want to see changes in your line of work? Okay, thank you very much, Joseph. I'll start from the um, government's advocate or what you've said. You know, governments have a great role to play here. Increase the budgetary allocation for education in Nigeria. It's really very low. When I say it's low, I know what I'm talking about compared to what other industries are taking out from the budgetary um, allocation. Once it's increased, definitely, you know, it goes to as rich areas of the country. Then also to the states and the local levels, still part of that. You know, it's not only when they release budgets that you start working, there should be plan and you stick to the plan. By giving out quality education, if there's no quality education, we end up, you know, making like is that what illiterates again? Mm-hmm. <laughs> illiterates people in a formal, you know, setting. Mm-hmm. So they should make use of what has been provided for. No amount is too small. And so the teachers, they are, they are the main instruments here for the change. Yeah. So it is very, very important for them to keep training. Train, be trained, and, you know, train others. So it's very important for them to get a very good um, training yeah. on what's the subject areas that they've gotten. Mm-hmm. And as the world is evolving, you realize that the world is going into digital. So if you, have, if you still belong into the whole century, mm-hmm. you may not be able to fit in mm-hmm. into this kind of um, system that we have right now. So you have to get straight. And to the Popular or to the students, you know, I've advised that they should as well make good use of all that has been taught or all what they have ahead of them in order for them to make the nation prosperous and be peaceful with one another and live well with one another. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so very much, Mrs. Yamisi. Uh, um, and Yola, please give us your, your final words. What's about Mukisi or, you know, I'll also say that um, if the government can invest in the informal sector of education, Mm -hmm. where not only funds are being pushed into the sector, but 
adequate trained facilitators are also put in this space where there is proper supervision and monitoring of this sector so that it's it's able to rise up to the level of the formal education to some to some sort and and also ensuring that funds put into these sectors are not politicized where um, you end up bringing somebody who's who has no relation to to some sort of skill and they are being employed here just because okay i have somebody in power and i just want you know to manage this to manage this when they have no experience at all so if one funds can be put into initiatives like this and secondly proper supervision a well-trained facilitator and i think that would go a long way thank you so very much thank you mrs yemisi thank you miss Daniela, for joining us on this podcast and it's been quite a very um, engaging one i hope um, our audience enjoy this conversation and yes to a large extent both types of education are important and have been impacted in our society and we want to see education improved quality in the standard of education we're receiving as a nation and as we celebrate the international day of education i think this is a very important day and a very important time for governments and societies to look inwards and see ways they can develop and improve the standard of education in our nation. So thank you very much um, for joining us. Thank you guys for listening to our podcast today. You can follow us on all our social media handles on IG and X. It is step underscore up underscore Nigeria. On Facebook, it is Step Up Nigeria. On TikTok, it is Step Up Nigeria TV. On LinkedIn, it is Step Up for Social Development and Empowerment in Nigeria. And on YouTube, it is Step Up TV. Thank you very much, Eniola, for Thank joining you, us. Thank you once again, Mrs. Oluayamisi. Uh, my name is Joseph Chimemeza Kujubi. And thank you for joining us on this podcast. Do have a pleasant one. Enjoy.